Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Real Steel, where we talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers. No BS, just The Real Steel. I'm your host, Jeff Schmidt, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Paul. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? It's been a while. It's been like a month or, or so. It's been so a it's, month. It's good to be back. There's not a whole lot going on right now, but it's always good to come back and talk to you and talk a little Pittsburgh Steelers football. Yeah, and last episode, we were together. We were uh, across the room from one another at a, <laughs> at a hotel. Yeah. This week, we're back in the studio, back in the lab, cooking up what I would like to to share with our fans will be our final episode, not forever, but just of... <laughs> season one so season one we're gonna wrap up here not that that really means anything but we figured it would be a good time to kind of bring everything to a close as we're kind of starting off um the preseason here for the 2023 football season so this is going to be our last episode of the year uh or of this the season one and uh we'll be back probably in august around the time of preseason um to start off season two how's that sound to you yeah, that sounds good. And it'll be cool because it'll be a little bit different than last year. Last year, we didn't start till I think week three. This year, we'll get the whole preseason and a little bit of training camp and, and all that's good stuff to talk about. So yeah, exciting times coming up here soon. Uh, football's right around the corner and I'm, I'm excited to, to have the season come. Heck yeah. So we'll be ready to go. So what we're going to do for this episode, like we teased in the last one, uh, is we're going to do a little bit of a rundown of our defense by the position, by each positional group and compare that to the same positional group uh, last year and do kind of a little bit of an assessment of the depth charts um, and see kind of how we feel about whether each group is is better or worse uh, or the same. So I think we're going to have fun with defense and, and we can probably also spend a minute uh, talking about special teams too at the end. And then we'll do a little bit of yeah. a grab bag and cover... Uh, I don't know, some miscellaneous news that we saw here over the past few few weeks since we haven't talked. So Yeah, that um, sounds good. I think let's go ahead and get started and jump right in there. And and I think what we should do here to start pulled is since last time we ended on the offensive line, let's start this episode or this conversation talking about our defensive line. Cool. The so, big boys deserve that. Yeah, respect. heck yeah, heck yeah. And we have some additions there and and um I'm thinking um what we should do here is I'm looking at the roster, the depth chart from October of last year, October 1st, 2022 compared to again, what we think would be our projected starting this year. We haven't made that 53 man roster cut down yet, um, but we have all the names and and we have who we think is, is going to be on there. So yeah, you want to start things off with last year's lineup and, and how that looked. Yeah. I mean, on, like you said, October 1st, 2022, we had our starting D line was Larry Ogunjobi, Tyson Alualu, and Cam Hayward, and they were backed up by Chris Wormley, Montrevis Adams, Demarvin Leal, and Isaiah Loudermilk. So, go ahead. And I think we saw a decent amount of production from this group, right? I mean, yeah, um, there was a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries. Leal got hurt, Tyson Alualu was hurt, Larry Ogunjobi was hurt, Chris Wormley got hurt. I think Montrevis Adams got hurt. So. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, there was a big rotation, I guess, because we had a lot of guys get injured. Yeah, there was an interesting thing is I believe last year we were the highest paid defense in the NFL, right? Yeah, and that's because you have guys like TJ Watt, you have Minka, you have Cam Hayward who has a significant contract, and you look to obviously some of the games we played where we didn't play that great. Um, 
And is this an area where we point the finger? I mean, I, I don't think that our defensive line was bad. I think, I think we had a decent amount of produ uh, production out of them, but um, do you think it all fell apart here and, and that kind of collapsed things and, and made the linebacking group struggle and the secondary struggle, or do you think that they held their own in the trenches and, uh, and it was somewhere else that kind of fell apart within the team? Cause I don't know what the, the right answer is. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, I do think that, the, that did start with the defensive line, right? And it kind of has for the last couple of years. Um, if you think about it, we've we've kind of struggled to to stop the run. Uh, and a lot of that starts with the defensive line being able to clog holes and make plays. And we gave up, I mean, early in the year, just looking at this, weeks one through three, we gave up 133, 124, and 171 rushing yards. I mean, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. And then we ended up giving up 215 to the Ravens in week 14 and 146 the week before to the Falcons. And then 120 and 134 week 17 and 18. I mean, that's a lot of rushing yards, especially for a team that used to pride itself on being able to stop the run. What during the our, our years when we would be contenders every year, we were the number one. We were top five in rush defense every single year. And, and personally, I, I mean, the linebacking core, you could argue, might be the problem with that. But I think a lot of it starts at the D line. Um, I think a lot of pressure was put on Cam Hayward last year because of all those injuries. And 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 Cam Hayward, although he's still playing great, he he is getting older. He is he was 33 last year. So I think the defensive line was definitely an area of of that needed improvement coming into this year. Yeah. So so what do we go out and do? I think we we built up. I mean, we yeah. talked about in in previous episodes how we built up uh, the offensive line. Quite frankly, we did a, a pretty similar thing on the defensive line, bringing in guys like Keanu Benton and Braden Fajoko. I mean, big dudes that are probably going to step into that nose tackle role. Um, and so you're looking at, I would say, a projected roster for this year. You're probably looking at your starting D-line to be Larry O, again, Keanu Benton and Cam Hayward. Yeah. Um, and then behind them, you have DeMarvin Leal, you have Braden Fajoko, and you have Isaiah Loudermilk. Um, and then there's a couple other guys too, uh, Armand Watts and Montrevis Adams that have an outside chance as well to get some playing time to, you know, of course, if they make the team to step in, in depth roles. So I, I think we've made significant efforts to build up. The question is, you know, are Braden Fajoko, Keanu Benton, Armand Watts, are these guys enough to kind of seal that. Yeah. I mean, and I think you got to include Larry Ogunjobi in that whole conversation because he was a free agent this year and we decided to bring him. him back. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, we'll see. Time will tell if that's enough, but I think them drafting their second round pick, I know it was their second pick of the second round, but them, them using that on the defensive lineman and Keanu Benton, I think shows how much they felt they needed to improve there. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, I don't think Braden Fihoko is going to do anything crazy, but I think he'll be a solid depth piece or solid rotation piece. And like you said, guys like Armin Watts, Isaiah Loudermilk, some of these guys might not make even the team. But I, I do feel like there's a more upside. I mean, it's a lot more youth. Last year, it's felt like there was a lot of um, older guys and in, in, in Tyson Alulu and Chris Wormley and maybe getting some more youth on that offensive or the defensive line and, and Benton Fihoko and and. Louder milk and, and even Watts too is is a good thing. So I'm also very excited for De DeMarvin Leal, um, especially since they're considering him still a D lineman. I think he he could have really big upside this year. So I don't know. I'm hopeful. I definitely think the team's better come on paper starting the year. We'll see if it turns out that way. Okay. So you're gonna go better for the defensive line? I'm going group? better. Yeah. 
You know, I, I think I'm going to do the same and, and you really hit the reasons or the, the reasonings that I, I would go, um, that route and say that I think we got better, but I think it's, it's the second year with the Marvin Leal, right? Yeah. Hopefully he's healthy and, and he proved that he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. He, I think is a solid player. I, I could see him, you know, ending up starting more than he's not, um, yeah. If that makes sense by halfway through the season, I think he's going to be good. I think even a guy like Braden Fajoko, right? You know, sometimes these guys are are more than just starters. Oh yeah. You know, they're they're locker room people. They're they're people who are you know probably really gifted and and might be really good teachers, and and someone like Braden Fajoko could be a huge mentor for someone you know, like Keanu Benton. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think that, you know, bringing in a couple of these guys, knowing where we had holes, I think it's going to boost us up a little bit as well. I, I, I wouldn't say that this is a huge improvement. I don't think, you know, we go from a flashy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we go from a 70 to a 90, but maybe we go from a 70 to a 75 or whatever that number might be. Right. I think it's a right. slight boost. And, uh, I agree with you. I, I think the, the defensive line, um, it's going to be improved. I think the big thing will be, and we talked about this with the offensive line and how healthy they were last year and how that could flip this year just for you know trends going back to normal. Uh, I think the defensive line staying healthy would be really key in this this unit doing well this year. Because like I, I mean, we talk about this all the time. All these really, really good teams, what do they have? They have two or three lines of defensive linemen, right? That Like the, the Philadelphia Eagles last year had two or three starting lineups on cycling the people line, in yep. right and, and and with especially with some of these older guys and larry o and, and cam hayward you need to be able to have a rotation so i think having that depth will be really really key to this unit performing well yeah totally agree let's move to linebacker because this i think is so are we going to do this outside linebacker versus inside linebacker or just as a whole let's do the core of four i think that's yeah. what we should do okay and and i think this is a little bit washy here too looking at what I see here on October 1st. Um, but I'm going to read a few of these names because uh, I think it's fair to say maybe we put five into this conversation rather than four. Sure. Um, but let's start on the left side, Malik Reed and Devin Bush. On the right side, Miles Shack and Alex Highsmith. Um, that's obviously because TJ Watt was hurt by this point right. in time. And then you had Robert Spillane. Uh Quite a significant amount of snaps, I think, in a number of games. Yeah. Um, and so those are, are probably your five guys. Obviously, start of the season, right? TJ Watt in that role over Malik Reed. Um, so maybe you look at TJ Watt, Devin Bush, Miles Jack, Alex Highsmith, knowing that you have, you know, Malik Reed, Robert Spillane, guys like Marcus Allen, uh, Mark Robinson behind them. So that's your that's your roster, that's kind of your depth chart early on in the season last year. Flip the script a little bit going into this year. It's completely different outside of TJ and Alex really? Highsmith, right? So those are your outside linebackers. But then you have your two inside linebackers, Cole Holcomb and Alandon Roberts. And then your depth pieces behind everyone, also completely different. Marcus Golden, Mark Robinson is the one inside linebacker uh, who has stayed. Uh, Tanner yep. Muse and then Nick Herbick, who we drafted. And also I think it's probably worth mentioning you know, Quincy Roche, a guy yeah. we drafted, I think, what, 2020 or 2021? Yes. Played a couple of years with the Giants and and now back uh, fighting for a chance to get on the roster. So a lot of depth guys there. Yeah. And and I know I, I had asked if you wanted to split it up 
for me personally, I have to split it up. Go I for think it. it's, I think it's different because, I mean, you got to look at it. I guess I'll start with the inside linebackers, right? So we go from, we go from the Devin Bush, <laughs> Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, and Miles Jack experiment, to <laughs> to Landon Roberts, Cole Holcomb, and and Mark Robinson's still a complete unknown experiment, still right, still an experiment. And and I'll even throw Tanner Muse in there because I think he he makes the roster just because of his special teams ability. Sure. And and here's here's where I think I'm going to surprise you. I, I'm going to go with right now today. Uh, July 18th that we are a little bit worse in middle linebacker. And, and and I know that sounds crazy, but, but here's my reasoning. No matter how bad of seasons we think they had, those were the, the middle linebackers were three of our top four leading tacklers. Miles Jack, Miles Jack had 104 tackles. Spillane at 79. Uh, actually, I might be wrong on that. Uh, no, I'm right. Yeah. Miles Jack had 104. Devin Bush had 81 and Spillane at 79. Minka Fitzpatrick's the only one in there with 96, which we that's a whole nother topic that he's making 96 tackles. But my my point there is Miles Jack only played in 15 games. It says since he started in 13. I think he probably really played in 13 games and he still had over 100 tackles for us. Yep. He didn't have a great year and he was hurt, but he did make an impact in there. And and I know Holcomb and, and Landon Roberts have experience, but nobody had Miles Jack experience. And I think the Miles Jack aspect kind of makes me feel a little bit better about last year's team than this year's team. This year's team to me is just a bunch of unknowns. Like Cole Holcomb's coming off of a season long injury. Landon Roberts wasn't the main starting linebacker for the dolphins. So I, although I have a lot of hope for them, I, I do kind of worry that maybe it's a little worse. Let me tell you what, that's, that's not a surprise to me, honestly. Really? Um, Cause I'm going to say it's, it's a, a good bit worse. Okay. More, more than a little, um, what I see here, and, and again, talking just about inside, as you mentioned, if you rewind the tapes and you go back to our first or second episode, week three, week four, yeah, I was high as a kite on Miles Shack, and he looked phenomenal very early in the season. We talked about him throughout the season because we knew he got hurt yeah. and he was sitting on the bench for, for quite a while. Totally but, affected him. But like the, the tackles that you mentioned, right? Uh, he was a guy and he wanted to be in Pittsburgh. He but, was stoked to be here. He was a guy that I thought we were going to build our linebacker room around, quite frankly. Yeah. And Devin Bush was starting to come into it this year. Yeah, he played a lot better at the end of the year. He had a better season than he did last year, and he was really starting. You know, even Tomlin said that he was starting to find himself and said he was almost back to where he felt he was pre-injury. Yep, pre-ACL. And Devin Bush was the 10th round pick in a draft. I mean, folks might not remember, but we traded up to get him. He was yeah. a stud, and and you know that injury really changed him, but you know, coming into this year, Devin Bush might have a really solid year. I think he's with Seattle. Who knows? Yep. It'll be interesting to watch. Um, Robert Spillane, say what you want, but he got paid this year. Um, Man, when he signed I, Oakland or yeah, Vegas. And, and I might have bitched more about Robert Spillane than anybody else, but he he does play hard and he does know how to tackle. He might be the worst pass defensive uh, middle linebacker ever, but I mean, he can he can fill a hole. And he he did so really well for us. So yeah, yeah, you could say what you want about him, but he was he did help our team. Yeah. So so what I see now is looking at at this year's roster is you have Cole Holcomb, 
like you said, I think he's a glorified Robert Spillane. I, I don't really see much of a difference between their play Coming style. off an injury. Hard hitters. Yep, coming off an injury. Landon Roberts, exactly like you said. I mean, one of these guys might be wearing the the green dot. And and to. that's that's kind of crazy uh to me. I, I think these are Pittsburgh mentality guys, and I think they're gonna fit in. And I think they're like you said, is a lot of potential for upside, but on paper, it's definitely something that worries me. And then you're exactly right. You look behind them, Tanner Muse, who primarily was a special teams guy. And right. then you have Mark Robinson, who we don't even know what we've gotten out of him. He he had good no games idea. and he had bad games. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's a sophomore season that that comes into play and and he really steps it up there. But um I, I, I don't will know. Say- man. I will say, I guess I, I think I sold Alandon Roberts short a little bit. Um, he did start in all 17 games for the Dolphins last year and did okay. have 107 tackles. Okay. Um, which is pretty solid and four Great. and a half sacks as well. Um, and he had 83 tackles the year before starting in 15 games for the Dolphins. So he does have some good experience, but the combination between the two, Holcomb and, and Roberts, and then like you said, the depth is just, it's its a question mark. I mean, Mark Robinson, we have no idea. They went out and got these guys because they obviously didn't trust Mark Robinson. Right. And then Tanner Muse is a special teamer, kind of like Marcus Allen. We saw how that kind of worked out. So, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about the middle linebacking core, but I, I, there is potential and maybe they surprise us. How about the outside? Because I think that's different. So I think the outside is the complete opposite. Agreed. I think, I think it is so, so, so much better. I mean, the, the one, two up front, Watt and Highsmith's the same, and they were great last year, and, and that's awesome. But it's the depth. I mean, it's absolutely the depth. Marcus Golden is a is a premier path, uh, a premier veteran pass rusher, right? I mean, the fact that they went out and got him was huge. And I think spending the draft pick, the fourth round pick of Nick Nick Herbig to get some some youth and some depth in in that you know on that outside linebacker core, I think is huge. And if Quincy Roche or, or David Perales make the team and, and show up too, that would, that would just be an even bigger blessing. So I think it's the depth that really drives home that this crew is so much better. Yeah. And you talked about the rotational aspect of the defensive line, but there's a huge rotational aspect to the outside linebacking position. Right. Yeah. And we saw what happened last year when TJ missed eight, nine games, all of a sudden you have Malik Reed step into that role. Um, and then, you know exactly like you said. So I mean, it's not even the rotate. It's the injury. It's it, the injury is huge. I mean, I I hate to say it, but TJ Watt has gotten injured the last couple of years, right? And so you have to think about that. And a guy like Marcus Golden filling in is, I mean, he's not TJ Watt, but he's a he can be a solid pass rusher. He's better than Malik Reed or some of these other guys we've had the last couple of years. And Nick Herbig could really come on the scene too. So yeah, I completely agree with that. It gives us a little bit more protection when if a TJ injury happens. Yeah, I and I mean maybe this is just because they're both Wisconsin guys, but I I see TJ Watt just taking Herbig right under his wing and yeah. and just teaching him to to be the best he can be, and so I I see you know very positive things with with the the outside linebacking group. So yeah, if, I agree. if you were to say much better for the outside linebackers, worse for the inside linebackers overall at the linebacking position or the positional group, you say it's a wash, but pretty close to it. About as best you can get, right? Yeah, I'd say you have to call it a wash. I hate to do the cop out there, but I'd say as a whole, it's a wash. Yeah. You know one thing I forgot to tell you about Devin Bush? What? So I have a Steelers calendar, right? And and okay. I flipped, flipped to the month of July, and whose beautiful face is on it? None other than Devin Bush. Hey, good and, for uh, him. It's kind of funny who they put on some of these calendars, you know? Like some of these guys end up just being gone. 
You know, that's interesting because they knew Devin Bush was a free agent. Yeah. So why would they put him on a summer month? I mean, was this, I guess it's a 2023. When did you, it probably came out yeah, during got, the season. Oh, I got it, got it over Christmas. Yeah. So it came out during the season. They know this guy's a free agent. <laughs> why, why didn't they put him in like January or something? That's all right. August, August is Pat. So, so we're getting ready to turn the page there. To... <laughs> that's, that's good. I'm glad it's not like uh, the next person we'll probably talk about, Edmonds. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, you know, he might be on it. I'll, I'll have to take a look and see. Hopefully he's um, not August. No, Pat is. That's all. I know, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I season. got you. I got you. Uh, let's transition then in, into the secondary because that makes sense. Do you want to do cornerback separate from safety here? Yeah, definitely. We have to. All right. So let's let's start corner just uh, because uh, I want to talk about JPJ, Joey Porter Jr. Um, oh. Last year's starting corners. Um, Akella Witherspoon, Cam Sutton, and who am I missing? Arthur Millette, but you gotta you gotta include um Levi know, Wallace. Levi Wallace. I don't. I guess he was hurt on this depth chart. Okay, so we had Levi but Wallace. Four. We had Akella Witherspoon, Cam Sutton. A lot of times covered the slot, and then Arthur Millette. and Arthur Millette. So. Okay, these were guys that were tested, right? None of them were new to the system, right? Well, um, Levi Wallace was new to the system, but he was—he's a, a veteran from Buffalo. Yep. Um, and these guys didn't do great. Cam Sutton had a good year, <laughs> no, but that was about it. Yeah, Levi Wallace kind of came on at the end of the year, and I've seen some stats where he actually was pretty good on like go routes and stuff, but. Uh, Akilah Witherspoon, I don't let me pull up the stats. I don't even know if he played. It feels like he didn't even play. He played in four games. Um, and then, like we said, Levi Wallace only played in 15 games, only started nine. We had James Pierre back him up. He played in all 17. But like, yeah, none of these guys really had good years. Cam Sutton did, and that's why he got paid. But yeah. So so out of these guys, aside from aside from Cam Sutton. If one gets to stay and we retain one, it's Levi Wallace. And I think yeah. that's that's great that that's who, who is sticking with us. Yeah, I think Levi Wallace is a is a good number two. You can't expect him to be a shutdown corner, but I think he can play pretty good on a number two receiver. Yeah, so, so if he's number two this year, Joey Porter Jr. is in line to be your starting cornerback. Manning a number one wide receiver in the NFL. Jamar Chase. <laughs> Rashad yeah. Bateman. Amari yeah. Cooper. Are you sure Rashad Bateman, not Odell Beckham Jr.? He's trash. I mean, either or, though. I... Regardless, you're one, two, at least as it's, you know, lining up right now, Joey Porter Jr. and Levi Wallace. And then your other two guys, um, Patrick Peterson. And then you have the James Pierre, Trey Norwood. Well, I guess Trey Norwood's more of a safety, but you have kind of a James Pierre, Corey Trice, our seventh round draft pick, and Chandon yep. Sullivan. Yep. This Man. is a this is a really tough one for me because this is hard. Everything in my heart wants to tell me that we are better this year. Yeah. And yes, Patrick Peterson is in his thirties. But we are younger, we're lengthier, 
we are faster, but we are a lot more inexperienced. A lot. But, but would you rather be young and talented and inexperienced versus a veteran who's not that good? <laughs> no, it's a good question. Because that's that's the thought that I have. I think that's the thought the Steelers had. Yeah. Right? I mean, they went out and drafted two guys. And, and I mean, Shannon Sullivan and Patrick Peterson, who they signed, aren't young guys. But they went out and got made sure they got two corners in the draft. And they're trying to move forward with some young guys. And I think they feel the same way. They want these young, talented players that could develop into these really, really good corners. But are a little bit of an unknown to start the year. So the way I'm going to look at this is kind of individual improvements, and that's going to help me okay. make my decision. So Levi Wallace is a wash, right? Yeah. Joey Porter over Akella Witherspoon. I think Joey Porter is better. And Patrick Peterson over Cam Sutton. Quite frankly, Patrick Peterson is a heyday, probably better. Yeah. Um, but Cam Sutton proved that he had a good year. Now Patrick Peterson's older and we don't know, you know, how many snaps he's going to play, whatever it might be, blah, blah, blah. But Patrick Peterson is a, he's an all pro. He, he's a, a stellar guy. And so yeah. even if he's not better, I think it might be safe to say that he's, he's probably going to be a wash with Cam Sutton at okay. this stage in his career. So out of those three guys, if two are washes and one's a little bit better then by default, I'm going to go, we're better this year. Okay. What about, and before I go, what about the, the next set? If you talk about James Pierre, Corey Trice, and Chandon Sullivan. So compare them to James Pierre. He washes with himself. Mm -hmm. And then Arthur Millette. And I guess our next corner would have been like Justin Jackson <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the depth there is better. Um, yeah. Mollette was an interesting guy to me. I think yeah. he, he was hot and cold. Um, I had hope for him, uh, but I don't think he really delivered. You know, I go back to the the draft conversation we had with Corey Trice and how he was the, in some ways, the best pick of the draft, right? In terms yeah. of value is right. what a lot of people are saying. And the positive things that came out of Corey Trice after the rookie minicamp, I mean, people are saying that, that they couldn't even distinguish Corey Trice from Joey Porter Jr. Yeah. Um, a lot of praise from Patrick Peterson too. Yeah. Yeah. So Corey Trice could be our, our huge wild card to come in there. Um, Chin and Sullivan again, I, I don't know much, much about him and, and the role that he played at Minnesota, uh, whether or not he played a lot of slot corner or, or just a little bit. I don't know if you have any stats there. Yeah. But... I think he's mainly a slot guy. I don't have stats on hand, but he, from what I know and seen with him with the Packers and then as well with the, the Vikings, he, he, I think he's primarily a slot guy. And that's why we brought him in. We lose Cam Sutton and these two guys yeah. we drafted, we want them to play outside and we don't want them to play slot corners. Right. Right. So, so, you know, whether or not he's, I don't know, it's almost like a Landon Roberts, right? Whether or not he's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread at that position, he's coming in to play a position that he knows how to play. Yeah. Um, and, and they're, you know, filling that void. Um, whether, you know, he's nine stars out of 10, I don't know. But if he's six out of 10, does that do enough to cover that role for us? And what were we last year? It, at the depth behind, you know. I mean, we had nobody. Right. So, I mean, and Arthur Millette was questionable to begin with. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go better. I'm feeling pretty confident about that now. Okay, I, I I gotta I gotta say I said Justin Jackson, 
um, probably think of the North Carolina basketball player. Uh, it was Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson. Um, just so you know, he played as many games as Akella Witherspoon, which was four. Uh, shocking to me that we only had like three corners play more than four games. But anyways, I, I think I'm going to – I think this is good. I think we'll, we're going to have a disagreement here. And, and I'll explain my thought. I think we're a little bit worse. And, and here's my thinking. I, coming into the year, if, if, we, if we go apples for apples here, I, I felt good about Akello Witherspoon. Yeah. Felt good about Levi Wallace. True. Um, I felt good about Cam Sutton. And I thought we had a pretty good three. Now, obviously, injuries derailed Akello Witherspoon. Levi Wallace kind of got injured, and he took a while to get going. But Cam Sutton had a great year. And, and I think that there's just a lot more question marks here. Patrick Peterson really hasn't played inside, to my knowledge at least, uh, right. much in his career. And it seems like that's the kind of the role they're going to start him in. Um, I, I don't know. I know he's a veteran. He, he's very versatile. He wants to play inside or wants to play everywhere. But I think that's a question mark on, on top of Joey Porter Jr. being a question mark. Like you said, I kind of laughed. You said Jamar Chase versus Joey Porter Jr. I, I don't feel great about that right now. But at the same time, I don't know if they're going to ever put him on an island again. Well, him, right? did you feel good about Jamar Chase on Akella Witherspoon? No. I didn't. I didn't. But I did I did feel like if Keller Witherspoon had a little bit more veteran maybe technique or something that could help him. Whereas Joey Porter Jr. is a lot more raw and, sure. and still learning it. So maybe Witherspoon could, could cover his ass a little bit more. But I also don't know if they're gonna put anybody on a corner against a guy like Jamar Chase. But so just for that reason, I think Joey Porter Jr. is a question mark and an unknown, and Peterson playing a new position is a little bit interesting. So for that, I think they're they're worse. I will say I think the depth is better, though. If they keep the three guys we talked about, James Pierre, Corey Trice, and, and Chandon Sullivan, I think that is a really big positive. James Pierre played in 17 games last year. I mean, James Pierre had a pretty darn good year. He played himself back into a, a roster spot on the Steelers, which is which is good. He was one of our better corners towards the end of the year. And then Trice, with, like you said, all of his his potential and the freak freak of nature he can be, I feel good about. And Shannon Sullivan would just be, you know, a veteran presence. So I think the the backups are better, but I think the the starters are too big of question marks to say they're better. So for that reason, I'm going to say that as a group, they're worse. Fair enough. I'll 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 take that. I I think that's a a fair assessment. I'm I'm going to stick with everything that is in my heart telling me that. Oh, I hope this better. group is going to be better. Um. It's the same I, thing. I with think the, the ceiling inside linebackers. The ceiling's higher. Sure, the, the ceiling's higher. Better. It's probably a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, good way to put it. Let's yeah. move. Let's move to safety as we kind of wrap wrap up the defense here. Um, this should be pretty straightforward. I think last year, your four guys starting, you had Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick, and then your depth pieces uh, at strong and and free safety respectively were were Miles Killebrew and Trey Norwood. Yeah. So pretty straightforward. I think we felt, well, you know, I'll say this. Edmonds was a guy that you and I had our gripes about um, coming yeah. into the season, and and we were not high on him uh, yeah. at all. And he had a pretty phenomenal season. Um, yeah, he was awesome. He he was uh, sad to see him go, actually, and can't believe I'm saying that. But um, he he was a pretty big role in our defense last year. Yeah. Um, now you move to, you still have Minka. You bring in, hopefully, a healthy DeMonte Casey. Yep. And then behind them, um, Keanu Neal, an acquisition from Tampa. Um, Trey Norwood still there. Um, and then, of course, you have Miles Killebrew as well uh, as like another, I don't Special know. Special teams guy. Yeah. So, so who knows what's going to happen there um, in terms of do we bring on 
five safeties and five corners or right. six corners and four safeties, what happens there? Um, and some of these guys, I don't know. I mean, like a, a Marcus Allen guy was a, we saw him as a safety in college and he moved to a linebacker. So I don't know if there's any flexibility with. Right. Well, you know, Keanu Neal like is kind of that guy. He right. could play, he could play like a stand up linebacker. Exactly. So I, I think Keanu Neal and is, is definitely a, a guarantee to make the roster here. Um, hopefully Trey Norwood is too. Um, we'll see about Killebrew. So what do you think? How do you feel about this? So if we, man, I think depth wise, with Keanu Neal being a, I guess we had KZ as a as a depth guy. Yeah, last KZ year. was our depth guy I mean, last year. He was year. hurt late, and he didn't he didn't well he didn't play most of the year, right? He was hurt to very start end. I think I think I have to say we're worse, and and it's only because of of and wow man, this makes me sound like I'm not happy about the defense, but I think the Edmonds loss is bigger than we. Well, we do know it's a big loss, but I think it's a really big loss. Um, I'm hoping Keanu Neal and KZ can fill in well. KZ did play pretty well when he played. Um, but a lot of that was with three safeties, with Edmonds in there. So I know there was a couple games probably without Edmonds because Edmonds only played in 15. But I don't know. I think as a whole, they're probably a little bit worse. And that's, again, I'm I'm just questioning not having Edmonds. So I'm on a similar Island, it's close. I guess close. I, I'm going to cop out a little bit by saying it's a wash. And and yeah. my reasoning is this exactly what you said with a three safety set. I think they could do, that I again. think, I think Keanu Neal, the way I see it is, is a, a more similar playing style to Terrell Edmonds. Yes. For sure. In that he, you know, is hard hitting, gets to the ball, whatever. Whereas DeMonte Casey to me is a ball hawk. Yep. In, in what I've seen him play, like I, I really feel like DeMonte Casey is a true strong safety in that, yeah. you know, he he is all over the field. And I I, I think he's a ball hawk. I, I, yeah. I read a lot about him coming into the season last year, and I was excited to, to see him play. And then he got hurt, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, and when he did come in, he played really well. Yeah. Um, so I think almost just to say, if Minka and Minka's a wash and, and you compare Keanu to Edmonds. Edmonds. I, I mean, yeah, it Edmonds. Might be similar. Yeah. Edmonds I mean, Keanu Neal had a, a better role. He was a really good player with Atlanta before he had some injuries and stuff early before Tampa. in his career. Before Tampa. And I want to say he might have spent a year with Dallas. But maybe I could be wrong with it. Yeah, you know, he did play with Dallas. I mean, I agree. And actually you you're talking me into maybe that is why the middle linebacker depth isn't so good. Because they plan to play a lot of three safety sets that worked really well last year, and they have a guy in Keanu Neal they feel comfortable in playing stand-up linebacker. Right. I think that makes a lot of sense. So I like that. I it kind of is like a wash. It sounds like they're going to do exactly what they did last year, which had great success. So I do like hearing that. Let's roll with it. I, I think a three yeah. safety set is something we, as Steelers fans, at least growing up, right, we're not used to seeing. No. Um, but with needing needing guys that can cover tight ends and, and slot receivers, it, it does help to have that third safety. Absolutely. I mean, when you have to play Mark Andrews twice a year, when you're going to have to play David and Joku twice a year. Yeah. And if we're going to compete, you're going to have to be on Dawson Knox and Travis right. Kelsey and right. whatever. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I think this is a, a positional group that that is a wash. And again, 
I don't know. I, I don't know if it's necessarily fair to say that our ceiling is higher for almost every positional group this year, because yeah. that's kind of what it feels like. That's probably our optimism. That's probably also coming out of the draft. Definitely. That's also probably knowing that going into week one, our team will be healthy. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of factors coming into play there. But that said, um, I think this is a, a good assessment here of our defense. So I'm going to ask you the question, how we rounded out the offense overall. The Pittsburgh Steelers defense 2022 versus 2023. Better, worse, or wash? With I feel like I said worse a lot. Um, but I'm going to go with better as a whole. Okay. I, I, I think some of the pieces we've added, and I'm playing the upside here. So I use the, I use the question marks as negatives for the individual individual pieces, but I think as a whole, we could be better. And we have a lot more, we have a lot more depth. I feel like every time I said we had more depth and that makes me feel good. Cause if injuries happen like a corner or whatever, again, we're not going to Josh Jackson. We're going to Corey Trice. I, I feel like I feel a little bit better about that. So I think because of the depth mainly and a lot of the upside, I'm going to go with better. So I think we both agreed that the area we're most concerned about is our inside linebacking core. Yeah, for sure. And if there is solid production out of that group, then I think the defense is better as a whole. Yeah, and we can even, I guess, throw Ke- uh, Keanu Neal in there too. I mean, that's probably what he's going to be doing. So yeah, if those three guys can play, I think we'll be better. Start playing like the highest paid defense in the NFL and... um yeah, we'll have to see if they still are this year, but probably with yeah. TJ and Cam Hayward and Minka. Yeah. Okay, let's really quick go through special teams. Um, I, I don't think there's much to talk about here. We're going to skip over kicker because it's Boswell versus Boswell. Long snapper stays <laughs> the same as well. And I, I don't even know if we can fully assess you, punter you, because... You don't think Rex Sunahara has a chance to take out Christian Kuntz? Rex Sunahara. Mm. Uh, I don't know. That's a, that's a name and a half. Though. That's why I had to bring it up. It's a good name. Um, so, so I think we're going to talk for a second about our return game. And then we're going to talk about the punter battle. And sure. I, I would still say, I do not know if Presley Harvin will make it or if Braden Mann will make it. No, I hope Braden Mann makes it. If I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. So I think Braden Mann is, is a better punter, but you know, have you watched Presley Harvin as no. a holder? No, <laughs> I can't say I have Presley Harvin. If he is kept, I would put money on the fact that it is because of his holding game. Really? Is is he really good at that? He's a phenomenal holder. I did not know that. I'm phenomenal holder. Yeah. And so that is something I don't want to say it worries me that we're going to side towards Presley Harvin. I also feel like, gosh, we spent a draft pick on this guy two years ago. Yeah. And, and we were so high on him and he was what is he Georgia tech? He, he could yeah. boot it. He, yeah. He just is so, he was so inconsistent and you know, it was nice when he had a consistent game cause we didn't have to talk about him. I know. The, the problem was he didn't have enough good games to outweigh his bad games. No. And that's why I'm saying, I hope they move on. So we'll have to see what happens there. I don't know if we can fully assess whether or not we're better or worse. I think you would say it's a push if Braden Mann gets in over Presley Harvin, maybe you would say it's better. I, I would still I probably it's say better. it's a push. Yeah. We'll have to see. get much worse. Yeah. That that's a wait and see. Yeah. So we'll have to see there, but the kick return game is, is something we could speculate over very briefly. Okay. Um, and, and this is, you know, the first couple games we knew we had gunner in, um, 
that since has moved to Steven Sims. So I, I don't think we should even consider Gunner because I'm looking at this depth chart for 2023 and he's still sitting here as number two. Um, it's an easy answer if you if you include Gunner. So yeah, let's not. But it's a, it's a Steven Sims versus Calvin Austin conversation. Yeah. The problem is we don't know what Calvin Austin is like. We have speculations of what Another he's like. Another question mark. A big question mark. It's been the common theme here. Um, and you have here, a guy like Jordan Bird behind them too. Here's my hope that they cut a, they cut Gunnar Olszewski. Hope so. And they keep Jordan Bird. I don't know how they make that happen. I don't know. But if you have Calvin Austin and Jordan Bird, and if you let Calvin Austin go first, and he struggles, then throw Jordan Bird in, who has been proven, I know in college, and it wasn't against great opponents, but he's proven to be very electric. And, and that, to me, is enough for me to say I'm excited about it. And Calvin Austin, too. I mean, that guy's so fast. All the comments Patrick Peterson, all the teammates made about how fast he is, I mean, I think it could be huge. So I'm happy. But they have to cut Gunner. They have to cut Gunner. I hope so. I mean... It, Jordan it, Bird's gone if they don't. To me, the problem is, is just like you had all this opportunity over the offseason to cut him. But I guess not. I guess why would you? Why would you when you can go into camp with him? Yeah, and I don't know like the money situation. It might have been – sometimes it's more money to cut him earlier than later, right? So maybe there's something with money that they wanted to keep him. I don't, I don't know. So what we're going to need to see is – Bye bye, Gunner. A hell of a showing from Jordan Bird in the preseason. Yeah, um, it's going to be exciting to watch some of these guys. I'm sure Calvin Austin will get a lot of playing time in the preseason. Jordan yeah. Bird. I know we're not talking about offense, but seeing a guy like Hakeem Butler is going to be really fun to watch. Um, it kind of gives you something to watch. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Not that I like watching preseason football, but maybe watching Jordan Bird re Bird return punts the whole time would be fun. Yeah. So I'm not going to let us give an answer on on special teams just because I think it's it's okay. it's too much of a wash at at you know the kicking and punting role and and the kicker turners honestly we don't know um, yeah. in my gut and in my heart I think Calvin Austin will be better than Steven Sims me too I liked Steven Sim Steven Sims and uh, it was more I think looking back on it now, it was more that I like forced myself to like him. <laughs> not that I wasn't going to dislike him. Not that I was going to dislike him, but it's like, all right, this is our guy. Let's hype him up. Yeah. F Gunner and, and <laughs> move on. Right. So yeah, that's, no, that's kind of where I was. Um, we'll see. I mean, yeah. Steven Sims didn't really do anything crazy. Yeah. So actually yeah. Gunner averaged more yards per return than, than Steven Sims, if that makes you feel any better. So, so there you go. Yeah. All right, man. You want to? We're we're a little over forty minutes. Do you want to hit a grab bag real quick? I know there were a couple of random things you wanted to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the one thing I wanted to bring up was I just wanted to get your opinion on on our good old friend uh, Le'Veon Bell. Mm. He he's been in the news recently, the last week or so. Um, came out and apologized on a I I'm sorry say Instagram live video. Um, here's his quote, real quick. I'll read it real fast. Uh, quote, I never apologize to the fans for sitting out or leaving the Steelers. I never apologize. So I want to say I apologize for leaving the best damn fans there is in this damn Ooh. world. I shouldn't have left. I apologize. I should never have left. I apologize. That's my fault. That's on me. What's best, your thought? Best damn fans in the best damn world? Yep. In like this that. damn world. I like that. Yeah. He's oh, not wrong. Um, you know, I, listen, I, I think I think he made a really stupid decision to hold out. Yeah. Um, I think now he, he's recognizing that and he sees it and his career after that 
where do you go? The Jets. The Jets. And then didn't he do something on Kansas City for like three games or something or one game? Yeah, a couple games. He was on the uh the Ravens for a couple games too. So he he botched his career. Yeah, he did. But in his defense, he did get paid by the Jets. They did pay him a lot of money. True, true. Um, he was terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I just feel like I, I'm I'm glad that he admitted this that he me too. messed up and that. I mean, I know it only it's only words and his actions spoke louder than words but way back then. I, I understood him holding up up until like the week before the season. Once the season came, I thought he should have played. But I, I'm glad that he's finally able to come back and say, yeah, I was wrong and, and take responsibility for that. So I did like hearing that. Agreed. I'll say this. I don't have bad blood towards him. No, um, I don't either. There are other guys that I have bad, bad blood towards. Yeah, I still even have though a they're really good. Bell, I still have a Le'Veon Bell jersey, so I can't have bad blood. Yeah. All right. My second mailbag, real quick. This is. I just wanted to give Mink a a, a shout out. He was ranked by uh, the ex NFL execs, coaches, and scouts as the number one safety for 2023 Hot in damn. the NFL. Last year, he was ranked number two uh, behind Justin Simmons of the Denver Broncos. He was ranked number one this right, year. Minka. So, so yeah. Right, just wanted to just wanted to throw that in there for anybody that didn't see that. That's a that's a pretty good honor among your peers to be the the top guy. Let's go, baby. Yeah. Yep, I love that for Minka. That's all I got. All right, we'll go through my my grab bag real quick. Um, Ryan Clark says the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, and the internet got me on that one. I saw a post that said he said the Steelers and Kenny Picker were going to win, and I felt so excited, but that was false. So great, good job, Ryan Clark, choosing the Ravens and fooling me. Yeah, uh, grab bag number two. Kenny Pickett got married. Shout out oh, KP. Yeah. Great, great point. Shout out, Kenny. Good, good for you, Kenny. Good for you, Ken. Uh, grab bag number three, last one. And this is uh, kind of tying everything back. Training camp for the Pittsburgh Steelers starts Wednesday, July 26th. That's a week from when we're recording. And then our first preseason game, August 11th, against the Falcons. Thursday night, I think, is what it is. That's um, a Friday night. Friday night. Okay. Is that right? August Friday 11th night, is August a Friday 11th. Night. Okay. Steelers, Falcons. What am I smoking? August 24th. <laughs> August 11th is our first game, but it's not against the Falcons. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you. Oh, you this grab bag has been atrocious. They, they play the Bucks. It's Tampa August Bay. August the 11th at, at seven. Right. Tampa Bay. Then we play the Bills. Yeah. And then we end a Thursday night in Atlanta. August twenty fourth. So go. there it is. Um, yeah, cool. man, I'm excited. I, I I can't believe football is that close. Training camp makes it feel like the fall is almost here, and and I'm really excited for that. So me too. can't wait. We're almost there. You know what it means? It means almost weekly episodes, and yep. uh, you heard it here first. Season two, debuting in August. The real steel. We'll see you in the middle of August. We'll see you in the middle of August. So stay tuned, everyone. We appreciate you all for listening. Um, Thank you again for, for sticking with us and, and hopefully you've uh, enjoyed us thus far and you uh, continue to listen to us in season two. Yeah. So thanks everyone for a great year and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Yeah. Thanks everyone. Peace.